Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the live broadcast. <laughs> Good morning. It's so great to have you guys here with me. Um, so, I want to I want to give you some uh, some word this morning. I want you to go to Romans chapter eight, and um, I'm going to. Uh, shorten it a little bit um, just obviously for the sake of time but re refer to a few things instead of going to read all the stories um, but uh, I'm sure you will find it uh, to be powerful in your life so um, right I just want to greet everybody good morning my beautiful wife Lene and Eric Malchas, it's good to see you so active here. It's nice, man. Uh, Erik van Wijk, good morning. Erik and Ingrid, goeiemorgen. Like om jullie te zien. Morgen ma, ek sien maas op die ander ding ingelok. Well done, it's awesome. Marietta, goeiemorgen. Erik, again. Harvey, good morning. Harvey, good morning. Janine, it's good to see you. It's good to be with everybody. Uh, even just seeing your name in a tiny profile picture that I can't really even make out. You know, it's some kind of connection. I don't, it's just something. It's nice. I, I really enjoy seeing your names here. It's good to have some kind of a connection with you guys. So, um, it's, it's really a privilege to be able to continue ministering the word. Um, I thank God for what we have um, concerning the, the cameras and the uh, computers and the stuff that we have that enables us to stream um, on social media. I think it's fantastic. I'm just so happy um, that we are able to do this. So, yes, good morning. Right, Romans chapter 8. So, um, I want you to go to turn with me to verse 31. Okay. Verse 31 says, What then shall we say to all this? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who can be our foe if God is on our side? Okay, now, when we start speaking of a foe, uh, we need to just have a few scriptures in the back of our minds and we also just need to remember uh, the character of Jesus Christ. Uh, our foes are not people. So I want to make this very clear. Your enemy is not a human being on this earth. Your enemy is lies that people believe, principalities that's controlling the hearts of people, uh, all kinds of things that people are in bondage to, that's the enemy. The enemy is not people. So there's no us and them. There is people that Jesus Christ loves on this earth and that he paid a price for. And we who believe 
need to preach to them who do not believe yet so that they can be included in the joy and the light and the life that we have. We have something to give and we don't have something to expect of the world. The world owes us nothing, but we have something to bring to the world. That's the gospel. The gospel is God trying to give humanity something, not God expecting something from humanity. All right. So people reflect that attitude of expectation and they judge and they expect from others to fulfill them. But God is other way around. He has so much love in his heart and he wants to give it. And and unfortunately, you have to, well, fortunately and unfortunately, <laughs> you have to, to believe him to receive what he has to give. But that's why he sent us into the world to preach. So what is our foe? What is our, our enemy? Our enemy is ideas. Our enemy is dangerous emotions that people have in their hearts. Our enemy is the suffering of people. Our enemy is sickness, our enemy is diseases, our enemy is the experience of shame and guilt. Shame and guilt is not a tool for you. Shame and guilt uh, is an enemy that has to be exterminated. Once shame and guilt is, is exterminated from the, co the collective consciousness of the world, uh, we will see love. But here is how it will be exterminated by love so when we love people and their hearts are touched by love unconditional love sacrificial love love that that expects nothing back then someone's heart may be touched and transformed when we give mercy instead of demand sacrifices it touches someone's heart and it brings transformation of the soul so that's what we need to be focusing on. We need to see who Jesus is and reflect that to the world. So Jesus said when uh, James and John was with him and they wanted to call down fire on the people, you know, let that Elijah anointing. <laughs> if, you read, um, if you read in, what's it, 2 Kings 1, how he sat there on the mountain and um, King the king of, of Israel, um, the son of uh, Ahab and uh, Jezebel, the first one, I can't remember his name now, sent, no, he died. Joram sent people, the second one, sent people to kill Elisha. And Elisha just called down fire and they consumed 50 people. And then they, he sent another 50 people, fire, and consumed them. And then he said, whoa, let our lives be precious in your sight. Please don't, don't call down fire. Can you just talk to us? Please just come to the king. And, uh, and he came to the king and he spoke to him. But um, that's a whole different story. But Jesus said to James and John, he said, listen, you do not know of what spirit you are. It is not God's will for us to call down fire on people. It is not his will. Okay? The, the fire in the scriptures has been fulfilled at 70 AD. Okay? So God is not into fire. He's not into bringing fire on the earth. The water destruction was at Noah. So he's not into flooding the world with water. 
But what he wants to do now is he wants to flood the world with the knowledge of the glory of God. So this is our function. We, the price has now been paid for sin. The fire anointing to, for, that was revealed, the wrath that was revealed against sin, came upon Jesus for the sin of the world. Now, if we receive that sacrifice from Jesus, our sins are completely forgiven, and we are washed clean forever, completely cleansed and perfected before God, holy, blameless, spotless before him. So that's the word that needs to come into our hearts. All right. So if that is the word that's dwelling in our hearts, we won't be calling down fire on people, but we will be preaching the word, filling the earth with the knowledge of the glory of God. So that's God's agenda. All right. So keep that in mind when we read this. Your, your enemy that you conquer is not people. You, you don't subdue people, but you subdue that which puts people in bondage. Ideas, arguments, reasonings, every proud and lofty thing that exalts itself above the true knowledge of God, 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4, and sickness and disease, it's heart pain, all the things that the anointing of God wants to heal. So Jesus stood up in Nazareth, uh, Luke chapter 4, and he said, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to bind up the brokenhearted. So that's what we need to be doing. That's, the, that's what the anointing does. Uh, the anointing reaches out to undeserving people and sets them free from whatever is putting them in bondage. Acts chapter 10 verse 38, uh, how God anointed Jesus Christ from Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power and how he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Do you see the, the, the pattern there, the character of God? Um, so if God is with us, who can be against us? What can be against us? God was with Jesus, what was against him? The stuff that was against him was all the stuff that oppresses people. All right, so Jesus wanted to bring mercy because it would set people free. Jesus wanted to bring forgiveness because it would set people free. Because he loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son. So whosoever believes in him might not perish, but have eternal everlasting life. So God is after the hearts of people. He's after the very people that is against him. So he he's after the hearts of those that curse him all day. He wants to touch their hearts and save them. He's after the ones that persecute his church. Look at Saul that became Paul. God is after people. And he paid the price himself so that he could separate us from our sins. Psalm 103 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us he separated our transgressions from us so that he could fill us with himself and so that the, the transgression in itself the principle of sin could be punished on on the cross and be destroyed forever and be taken out of the lives of people okay so so sin and the law that punishes sin was all fulfilled on the body of Jesus on that cross so that we could receive his righteousness, his grace, his peace, his love, his joy, all those things in our hearts, in our souls, setting us free from that which pushes us down, 
all those oppressed of the devil. All right. So, uh, just want to keep on reading here. He says, what then shall we say to all this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not withhold or spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all. Us all. So there's no us and them. He gave him up for us all. Will he not also with him freely and graciously give us all other things? So whatever it is that you need, he will freely and graciously give you all other things. He already gave his all. He already gave his most precious son. What else will he hold back from you? Nothing. If he's given him, why would he not answer your prayer? Why would he not help you pay your bills? Why would he not supply you in a time of need? Why would he not heal your, your, your body? Why would he not bind up the broken heart and heal the emotional pain? Why would he not do that? He has given his son. But we need to get this, that in his son is everything we need. So with him, he gives us all other things. So if you have the son, you have all other things also. Right. So if you have heart pain, you don't need some strange doctrine some kind of person that you now get codependent on so that you can be free no you need jesus you just need a, a revelation of who jesus is and look to him and you're free you just need to receive forgiveness and forgive and you're free so the 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 freedom that we desire is in the spirit and not in the change of circumstances right Verse 33, who shall bring any charge against God's elect when it is God who justifies? That is, who puts us in right relation to himself. Who shall come forward and accuse or impeach those whom God has chosen? Will God who acquits us? So God does not charge you uh, or accuse you. He acquits you. So any other voice that accuses you, that means your own conscience or the defiled consciences of other people. If, some, if people bring an accusation to you, it's not truth because it's not God's voice. God's voice does not accuse you because he acquits you. All right? So you don't have to react to those voices. <laughs> you can ignore them, turn to Jesus, and receive the truth, which is the forgiveness of Christ in the blood of Jesus on the cross. All right? Verse 34. Who is there to condemn us? Will Christ Jesus, who died, or rather who was raised from the dead, who is at the right hand of God actually pleading as he intercedes for us? Who shall ever separate us from Christ's love? Shall suffering, affliction, tribulation, calamity, distress, or persecution, or hunger, or destitution, or peril, or sword? None of those things can separate you. The only thing that can separate you from the experience of the love, it doesn't separate you from the love, but it separates you from the experience of the love, is you holding on to grudges is you not believing the sacrifice, not receiving forgiveness, and you not giving forgiveness. That will cause you to experience judgment and bitterness. So let it go. You know that song, you know, I've got three toddlers. So this song plays in our house, you know, let it go, let it go. <laughs> you know, from, what's that frozen story? Okay. <laughs> so let it go, man. Forgive people. Uh, understand that you need the same sacrifice as they do. So be the one ministering the sacrifice to them instead of the one that demands restitution from them. 
right. Verse 35, who shall ever separate us from Christ's love? We read that. Verse 36, even as it is written, for thy sake we are put to death all that day long. We are regarded and counted as sheep for the, for the slaughter. Verse 37, now here's where we pay close attention. Yet amid all these things, we are more than conquerors and gain a surpassing victory through him who loved us. All right. See, I've got some, some 15 minutes left, so I can explain a little bit. All right. So, <laughs> so, him who loved us. How do you gain the victory? Through the love of Christ. How do you gain the victory? Through the love of Christ. Where was the love of Christ demonstrated? 1 John chapter 4. In this, the love of God was manifested where we are concerned that he sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. All right. So, if you... If you want to see the love of Christ so you can receive it, you have to look to the cross. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his, the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. So your heart is bound up. Your body is healed. Your, your soul is filled with his peace. All by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. You will not get peace by uh, trying to hold people accountable for what they've done by judging them and even less by holding people accountable for what people did 200 years ago that's just ridiculous so what what we need to do is we need to receive mercy today the world is as it is we all inherited this messed up place as it is the answer is not in trying to force something in one direction or another direction by anger and rage that's just going to cause a greater backlash from the other side stop it what we need is this receive the love of jesus christ he paid the price he just said okay the buck stops here i'll take it all upon myself he absorbed all the wrath he absorbed the fullness of the wrath of god described towards sin in the law of Moses. He took it upon himself. He paid the full price so that he could forgive absolutely and freely. So you are forgiven absolutely and freely. And the guy that is uh, against you in some way, he's not your enemy, remember, but the guy that's, that's angry at you is also forgiven. So people are blinded by the rage. People are blinded by the unbelief. And people are blinded by the law. If they are blinded, it means they can't see. So what helps people to see? 2 Corinthians 3 verse 15 says, when it, 16 says, Whenever a person turns in repentance to the Lord, the veil is lifted and taken away. So how do we turn in repentance to the Lord? We see the Lord as it really is. Now the Lord is the Spirit. So we need to show the Spirit demonstrate the spirit make the spirit visible the spirit is god and god is love if we love one another his presence is made perfect his love is made perfect in us he is shown in us so when we receive his love and minister love to one another we show christ and then people see something they've never seen before and then we introduce them to the love they so desperately need, they, that they're crying out for, but they didn't know that they were looking for it. 
So we need to show the world something better. We need to show the world something greater. And that is, we need to manifest Jesus Christ. We need to manifest the Spirit of God. We need to manifest the character of God's love by just surrendering to Him, letting Him live in us and through us so that He can show Himself to the world in us and through us. All right. It's not about fighting for your own wickets. It's about sacrificial love, giving love to someone that the world deems uh, unworthy. So the question is not if we are worthy to be loved. The question is, him who loves us is worthy. So he is worthy that his sacrifice would reach that person. It's not because that person is worthy. It's because the sacrifice of Jesus. Jesus is worthy that his word reaches that guy. Jesus is worthy that his love would reach the heart of that person. So we can take our measuring sticks and lay it down. And we can start preaching what Christ has done for every person. So that we can reach at least some. But I guarantee you, when people really see who Jesus Christ is, they will not be able to resist his goodness. They will not be able to resist that love. Uh, people uh, believe lies, and because of the lies, they act the way they do. All right, so let us love one another, for love is from God. All right. So, um, I just want to make this statement. If you believe that you can't succeed in life, you may have seen it on my Facebook post earlier today. If you believe that you can't succeed in life, because of the actions of someone else. That's called a victim mentality. Because I was born here, because I, was, I come from this area, this background, because um, my friends did this to me at school, or my parents did this to me, or didn't do this to me, we can find a reason to validate the emotion of hurt. We can find a reason. You'll find the reason instantly. If you look for someone to blame, in your own mind, you'll find someone. And what that does is it blinds you to all the good stuff that that person has done for you. <laughs> so, uh, like I said earlier this week, the emotions blinds us. So, what we need to, to, to understand is this, that Jesus has done something incredible for us. The world owes us nothing. We have such a treasure and it is the answer for the whole world. And we need to give that treasure to the world. Right. So how does this work? If I judge more and more people, if I find someone to blame for my inability to prosper or my inability to succeed, then I will keep myself there. But if I understand that Jesus Christ has conquered for me, and I understand that through Christ who loved me, I am more than a conqueror. Then I will see all things are under my feet. We are looking in the wrong direction. We are fighting the wrong fight. We need to fight the fight of faith and not fight to change the outcome of other people's mistakes. We need to fight the fight of faith. What is the fight of faith? Lay hold of eternal life. What is the fight of faith? We need to grab a hold of uh, what Jesus has done for us. Okay, now, I want to refer you to Luke chapter 7. There was this lady who was an especially wicked sinner, a social outcast, devoted to sin, and obviously everybody judged her. 
Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, Pharisee called Simon. And he came into his house and he ate there. And then this woman came in. And uh, she uh, cried. And she lavished her love on, on Jesus, on his feet. She cried and, and wet his feet with her tears and wiped it off with her hair. And she anointed his feet with costly perfume. It's worth a year's wages. And she kissed his feet. And the Pharisee judged Jesus and the woman in his heart. And he says, if this man were a prophet, he would know how wicked this woman is that's touching him. And Jesus said, I have something to say to you, Simon. He said, uh, teacher, say it. He said, they were uh, a lender of money. And one owed him 500 denarii and one owed him 50. But both of them could not pay. And when they could not pay, he forgave them both. So which of them do you suppose will love more? He said, I suppose the one who owed more. He said, you have answered correctly. Look at this woman, how she's treating me. Though her sins be many, she's forgiven. Look, she's loving much. So the loving much is the fruit of her knowing that she's forgiven. She got into the presence of Jesus. Jesus forgave her and Jesus forgave the Pharisee. One owed much, one owed little, but they both owed. But the Pharisee didn't understand that he was forgiven. He didn't even realize it. And he still wanted to judge the woman. He still wanted to judge even Jesus, who is the righteous judge. So the woman was the one who, who, whose heart was healed. The Pharisee wasn't the one whose heart was healed. Okay, the woman was the one who received forgiveness, and the woman was the one out of whom love flow, and the Pharisee not. And that's what we need to get from that lesson. Love and forgiveness are connected like this. So if I receive the forgiveness of Jesus Christ through the blood of Jesus on the cross, I receive his love. If I receive his love, I receive his forgiveness. It's impossible for him to hold sin against me and to lavish his love for me on the same, at the same time. His love is condensed into his blood. If I receive his blood, I receive his love, I receive his forgiveness. Because the, the love of God was manifested in that he became the atoning sacrifice. So your sins are completely forgiven, forgiven but so the person next to you. So if you have been forgiven much... You will love much. So receive your forgiveness and forgive others so that they can love much. Show love to them. Let us love one another for love is from God. All right. So uh, it's not in trying to love. It's in really forgiving. And now I'm not talking about this thing that, you know, you go to someone and you say, I forgive you for this and this and this. Yeah, and remember this. I forgive you for that. And yeah, remember that. I forgive you for No, <laughs> don't do that. That's just a veiled accusation. <laughs> don't go that way. Um, if it's necessary, if you see that person is struggling, then go say, listen, man, don't worry about it. I forgive you. Okay. You, you have no debt to pay to me. I love you. Don't think about it. Don't worry about it. When people see you, they need to have boldness to approach you knowing that they are not judged. Okay? But most of the time, the forgiveness will just happen in your heart. You just dismiss people's offenses against you. And you look at them as if they've never done anything wrong. You don't always need to have this big discussion about what they did against you. It's not, it's not very effective. 
But what we need is to open our own hearts before God and let the light shine in. Lord, you have forgiven me for so much. How can I hold anything? It's more a conversation between you and God. How can I hold someone accountable for what they've done? I forgive them. Now, if you see, if you see this is bothering them in their conscience and they're struggling, and go to them and say, hey, don't worry. I'm really not holding anything against you. Bless you. I love you. Uh, we're good. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I think you get what, I, what I'm trying to say. But uh, that's Acts chapter 24. Uh, Paul says, uh, herein I, I exercise my conscience to be void of offense towards God and towards man. So I don't want offenses in my heart towards God. I don't want offenses in my heart towards man. So what I want in my heart, total freedom from shame and guilt. So how do I get that? I'm Ephesians 5, washed by the water, by the word, the word of the blood of Jesus. All the hurts are washed away. All the offenses are washed away. I'll, and as I'm forgiven, I forgive. Last verse of Ephesians 4 and Colossians chapter 3 also says it. Uh, as you were forgiven, so must you also forgive. Receive the forgiveness and forgive others. I guarantee you this. Your heart will be full of joy and peace and love. There's no way that you can receive forgiveness and give forgiveness to everyone that did something against you and not receive peace and love and joy. Not experience it. Okay, so but the more you hold grudges against people, uh, the more you take the the you know the measuring rod of the law and you hit people. Tish, 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 tish. Yes, you are hurting them, but you're hurting yourself even more. Um, the pain that people experience in their heart is mostly because of bitterness and judgment, and less because they are a victim of someone else's actions. The the power is in your mouth, in your heart on your heart and on your lips, the word of faith which we believe. So uh, receive the word into your heart and confess the word. You are forgiven, you are loved, and you can forgive anyone. Nothing is unforgivable. Uh, this is what will heal the world. All right, so may you be blessed, may you experience total freedom from shame and guilt, from anything that you've ever done wrong. May you be absolutely unaware of anything that you've ever done wrong and may you be completely be aware and captured in the love of Jesus Christ for you, the forgiveness that he has for you. His forgiveness is like a waterfall that's constantly flowing. His forgiveness is like a river that's constantly flowing. Just surrender and go with the flow. His flow is a cleansing flow. His flow is a liberating flow. So just experience the love and the peace and the joy of Jesus Christ today. Let it flow through you towards your neighbor also. All right. So may you be blessed. I hope this word has done something for you. I just want to maybe see if there's some comments or some testimonies or some prayer requests. Let me just see. Greeted some people. There's Nico also. Hello, Nico. <laughs> Benny, bless you. It's nice, Benny. Eric, I'll read your comments a little bit later. Lisa, hello. Yeah, stop it. <laughs> yeah. Um, bless you guys. And uh, yeah, I was speaking to, you know, that kind of mindset. Okay. Right. So let's see who else is here. Okay. Some people who are engaging. Hello, Humbalani. Bless you, man. Love you. 
love that Jesus has forgiven even those who wronged us. Scandal of grace. Awesome. Yeah, amen. Yeah, you will never meet anyone on this earth that is not forgiven by Jesus. So tell them so that they can know it, so that they can believe it, so that they can experience it also. All right. So, may you be blessed. Thank you, Eric. We will have an awesome weekend. Eric, bless you and Ingrid. <laughs> it's nice to see you guys. Um, so we'll see you on Sunday morning. Those who will only be joining us on social media, we will be right here. Uh, but those who are joining us at church, we are really looking forward to it. Remember your jackets and your blankets if you're, if you're a bit, you know, prone to, to, to get cold. Because we, all the windows and doors will be open. In, in the winter morning. So please remember to dress warmly so that you don't get cold in the midst of the service. All right, there has to be good ventilation throughout this whole thing. All right, and come early so that we can screen and scan you and fill your forms in early. All right, <laughs> be blessed. We'll see you on Sunday morning. Amen.